This is the Breathe Again podcast by Ade Chakol. Learn about life, love, family, culture, and spirituality, all from a traditional, divine, and feminine perspective. Welcome to our safe space where we become our highest selves. Hello, hello, lovelies. Welcome. Um, so glad to be here as always. And if this is your first time listening, I'm so grateful that you're here. So grateful that um, you found us. And if you've been listening for some time, welcome again. So glad you're here. And um, I'm doing something different today. I actually have a guest with me and I haven't done that in some time. So pretty excited. Um, so honored and uh, happy to have Teddy Figre here with me. Um, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about him. Uh, he's a highly accomplished IT project manager and a business consultant with an MBA from Johns Hopkins University. Teddy learned his first hand, Teddy learned firsthand of the severe hardships faced by the vast majority of Americans by witnessing his own parents struggle to provide for their children, experiencing his own hardship trying to climb the corporate ladder, only to end up enduring two and a half years of homelessness. After climbing out of poverty, Teddy is determined to speak for the voiceless and stand up for marginalized and disenfranchised poor working uh, middle class by becoming the lone representative in DC who is not bought and paid for by the corporate class and the global oligarchy. Teddy aims to, his aim is to move America beyond division and antipathy and towards love and unity. So we can defend our common interests and champion empathy above harmony. You can find out more about Teddy and his congressional campaign at www.figurefor.va.com. And um, I'm so honored that he's here. We connected recently and um, he shared a few of his uh, blogs with me, which, which I was um, so, so honored and so excited to read about because uh, he was very open in sharing um, his journey in, uh, you know, in life's hardships and uh, through his years in homelessness and depression. And um, I love how, you know, he he approaches politics and um, how his aim is more to to unify people and to talk about the things that, um, you know, politics doesn't normally talk about. And uh, it's necessary. It's necessary to talk about mental health. It's necessary to talk about um, the struggles we go through. And um, that's the only way to rise above them. Um, because many people, especially uh, what we're going to be talking about is how men handle um, their emotions, <laughs> because uh, men have been, in my opinion, robbed from um, that freedom of sharing who they are, sharing uh, what's going on in their lives, and sharing the the challenges that they face. Because um, 
it's it's seen as a weakness by society. Society hasn't given men that permission. Um, it's, it's seen as something uh, bad. And if if a man is open in sharing his emotions, um, unfortunately, a lot of people will associate that as a sign of uh, weakness. And we're trying to change that. <laughs> we're trying to change that because um, it's affecting a lot of men in a in a negative way. It's affecting their growth. It's affecting their leadership, and it's um, building in that resistance. Uh, because you know what happens is when when those emotions are are not shared appropriately, when they're not released, um, what happens is that they get stagnated. They um, that energy will someday um, burst open. And the results of that are very toxic. Um, it's toxic to themselves, uh, for, for the person experiencing it. And it's also toxic for um, the people around them. It's it and their, you know, their relationships, um, their working environment and what they're bringing out to the world. So I am so honored um, to have Tady here and um, to share with us what, what his journey looks like and uh, why why he's running for office and um, what triggered his approach um, in the way he's he's running so uh, without further ado um, here's here's Teddy I'm here with Teddy Figure today and I'm so excited I'm looking forward to this uh, wonderful conversation that we're going to have um, Teddy welcome. We uh, we connected very recently, and um, you shared with me uh, a few of your blogs, and um, you know I was really awestruck. I was extremely happy to uh, to read them because you shared from you know your truest, most authentic self, and uh, you know you you shared about your childhood traumas, your journey through depression and um it was it was you know refreshing to hear or to read something like that from uh, from a man because women you know it seems like society has given us permission to be vulnerable and emotional but uh it wasn't and it's not like that for men and that really grabbed my attention so um, thank you so much for for being here and before and welcome to the Breathe Again podcast. Thank you. What an apropos name <laughs> and so works too. By the way, because you know that the when we don't share uh, as as a people as individuals, the soul becomes very heavy. Uh, we could be we could feel very alone, you know. And I think, think part of my journey uh, is is you know understanding the the need. And then imperative of actually uh, sharing, not only for the sake of yourself, because anything that's kind of bottled up inside, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, uh, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, you know, sorrow, whatever it is. There's a lot of ramifications. And, you know, we live in a time where all these, these issues are, are multiplying on a year over year basis because we're withdrawing uh, and we're replacing real connections 
with internet connections and they're just not the same thing. Uh, so I, I discovered a, uh, a long time ago and, and, and it became even more fortified that sharing is not just for ourselves, it's also for other people. As you share your burdens, uh, you actually help other people that are going through the same journey and the same difficulties. Uh, and, and that's the healing, the true healing that comes when you uh, talk about your authentic, uh, you know, uh, journey uh, towards healing uh, without any pretense, without any type of need to put on a, a, an act and just be yourself. And I think part of what holds us back as a community sometimes is we uh, we, we 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 very much uh, feel like we have to, yeah, you know, this whole idea of Kumnagar uh, and, and presenting uh, an image of perfection, uh, that gets in the way of, of the, the, the journey of healing that we, we all go through. And none of us are alone in this. Uh, one thing I've realized over the years is that everyone's hurting. It's just that some admit it and others uh, hide it behind, uh, you know, smiles and, and pictures, but if, in the quiet moments there of, of, of our, each one of our journeys, each one of our minds, there's, there's a wound that we're trying to recover from, that we're trying to heal from. And so that's what I, I, I found what you were doing refreshing. Uh, there's, uh, like you said, you said it yourself, there's the authenticity, uh, the authenticity of just talking openly about the, the hurts that we all go through. And so that's, you know, I started that journey uh, a long time ago. Uh, I wrote, one of the first articles I wrote about this topic was actually I think in 2010, I wrote an article called Depression Fit Right about the, the pains that my mom went through, battling depression and anxiety and how that impacted not just only her, but all the children. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just been a, a growth ever since then. And I've learned a lot along the way and I'm continuing to learn every day as well. So that's why I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, um, What's beautiful is, you know, you're running for office and you're considering these these issues that, you know, people face on a daily basis and to, in their lives. And um, I don't know about many people, but for me, I don't see that, that you know, I don't see that um, being taken so seriously. And for you, for you to be doing this is so beautiful. So, um before you know, before we go into into that, share with us, you know, um, about yourself um, and you know why why you're even running for office and sure. yeah. I guess let's get that out of the way. <laughs> now you know uh, it's kind of uh, it might seem strange uh, to talk about uh, have a person that's seeking political office. You know, I'm, I'm running for Congress to represent uh, Northern Virginia, uh, Alexandria, Arlington and parts of uh, Southern Fairfax, politics and healing don't seem to go along. And they don't for the most part. The art of politics is division. Uh, and in a way it is tearing people apart. Uh, so for me, I don't necessarily consider what, even though I'm running for office, it's to actually turn politics upside down because my aim is not to, to create an us versus them dynamic. It's no matter our differences. And this is not just within the, the Ethiopian diaspora, as they call us, or within the African uh, diaspora. This is amongst humanity. There is a common element. There's a, a universal language <laughs> that we, we have. Even though Babylon kind of split us up into different tongues and different tribes, 
there's one thing that we have in common, uh, irrespective of our differences, and that's pain. Everyone experiences it. I don't care if you're a prince or a pauper or everything in between. Uh, so for me, uh, given the experiences, my, my, my lifetime journey of, of, of getting to this place of, uh, just, well, first denying, um, uh, you know, being in utter denial about the, the pains that I've had in the past and then realizing it, but dealing with it in, in, in a, um, in a way that was not productive. And then ultimately where I'm at now, where I'm hoping to head towards to, which is in a way that's unifying and healing, um, um, you know, what I, what I, the reason I'm even running for Congress is because this issue is front and center. The, the, the issue that's tearing a, a society apart is not about ideology. It's about the, the, the hurting that everyone's going through. There's a lot of grievances justified. There's a lot of uh, frustrations and angers and, and hopelessness. And these things, when, we're, when they're not being dealt with, uh, when, when we're not given as a, 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 a way to reprieve and, and, and seek redress, sadly, we turn on each other. And politics is the art of turn, uh, getting people that are hurting to hurt other people that are hurting. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in that way, I, I'm the furthest thing that I want to be from as a politician. I wanna, I'm doing this to actually become the essence of what a public servant is. Um, so for me, my, you know, my, my biggest heroes from a yes who's to, uh, you know, uh, Malcolm X, to Martin Luther King, to, uh, uh, you know, Asi Tojos. Of course, I have a bias when it comes to him. <laughs> uh, but, you know, these people that, that sacrificed their life, uh, they, they did not, uh, you know, lead uh, from a position of, of uh, privilege and, and wealth. They, they were walking amongst the people. And so that's what I envision. And that's why I'm doing this. So uh, and part of that is, you know, if, you, if we cannot talk about these issues, you know, uh, when, when it comes to depression, anxiety, uh, the loneliness, uh, mental maladies that are, you know, metastasizing throughout America, throughout Ethiopia, in Ethiopia, especially in the Ethiopian community, it's reaching crisis level. Um, and if we don't do anything about this, I mean, it's already bad as it is now. Uh, imagine the next generation. Uh, you know, being uh, ripped apart from each other, growing up, uh, you know, uh, apart from their friends, apart from uh, wider society, uh, you know, putting a, a, a mask on and not seeing people's smiles. These things have deep ramifications. And so if we don't do things to, to urgently address uh, these issues, uh, you know, as, as bad enough for our, our generation, the next generation is going to be really hurting. So, Again, this is, for me, this is a matter of public crisis almost, okay. or even beyond. Mm -hmm. So we need to talk about these things. But, you know, too often, like I said, politics is the art of dividing. Um, we have to be able to talk about these things in a way that's inclusive. Uh, whether, you know, I, I say frequently that a, a mother in, in Addis Ababa or Asmara or Atlanta or Ames, Iowa, whether, irrespective of her color, uh, her ethnicity, uh, her, you know, uh, her economic status, uh, she, you know, she, uh, has one uh, thing and that that's, you know, to try and look out, uh, and, and, and ensure that her children have a better future. And if we don't have that, you know, and the same thing with a father too, uh, mothers and fathers are in this together. Um, and, and when, when we don't address these commonalities of our pains and we instead focus on what 
what, what sets us apart, we, we, we do a grave injustice to humanity. And so, you know, that's why I'm running for office to, to make sure that issues like this, uh, you know, equality of opportunities, um, you know, affordable health care, um, you know, being able to actually retain more of our, 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 our earnings, uh, these, you know, at the root cause of, of suffering in a lot of ways, including a lot of mental illnesses, by the way, a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty is what one of you, a lot of, uh, you know, hopelessness, which then gives birth to uh, depression, anxiety. Um, and, and so a lot of it in a, in a lot of ways is, is, is rooted in economic inequalities. Um, and so, or, or and then, you know, for the inability for people to 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 earn a, a, a decent wage in life so that they can actually take care of themselves. Um, so that's why I'm running in. But, you know, for the sake of today's conversation, I just want to actually just dig dig deeper and actually have a conversation about some of the things that you've shared. Uh, so that's why I'm, I'm uh, excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I think you made an extremely important point. It's, it, you know, the leaders of, you know, the world that we see, um, it seems like instead of bringing, bringing people together, what they're doing is really separating us. There's, there's no such thing as unity anymore. And yeah. um, to, to hear what you're saying and, you know, for people to have the option of, you know, selecting people who, who understand this, right? And that's the only way we can change this world. That's the only way we can um, rise in consciousness is to to know who, who are we choosing? Because every day we're making a choice in our life, right? And something as big as important as this, um, we need to consider, you know, who is this person? And, yeah. how, you know, how open are they about their lives? And, oh, you know, these are incredible things. So thank you. And um, I want to, you know, I want to go back into your life. And uh, w- what are the things that kind of, you know, brought this up for you um, into thinking this way in relation to mental health and to authenticity and to, you know, to, to speak about your pain so openly? Um Share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, so long story. It all began in 1974. <laughs> um, you know, I was uh, born in Ethiopia. I, ironically enough, the uh, the month after Haile Selassie uh, was deposed, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, you know, got killed. Um, so I grew up in, a, in an era in Ethiopia where society was torn apart. Uh, and this is deep trauma, by the way. And, and to be honest with you, and, and the, the, what what is unique to our culture in a way. I mean, you know, of course, other uh, countries have experienced this as well. But, you know, for us, uh, there, what we have not addressed is the the deep psychological trauma that happened in the 1970s, that happened in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've done is internalized and then turned the, the abnormal into the new normal. Uh, and, you know, we, we're people that, 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 that you know, love to say and count of blessings. Uh, but we, we should also be uh, just as forthright in terms of sharing, but we don't. Um, so, so for me, uh, the fact that I was born in '74, uh, part of my, uh, you know, uh, pain—if you call it that—the original pain for me was having to leave Ethiopia. Uh, in Ethiopia, I was my, my happiest memory uh, was uh, in Ethiopia. 
I grew up in Ole. Uh, uh, I went to uh, school in, uh, for a little while anyways in, in Lise. Um, and, you know, I, I was very, you know, full of life, full of light. Uh, you know, when, when my parents, every almost every, it felt like every weekend, they would have guests come over and I would get up and give speeches. <laughs> you know, I was the life of the party. Um, and then we come to America um, and being ripped away. Uh, Mr. My grandmother, my grandmother stayed behind. Uh, and, and then, you know, adapting to a new land, being made fun of. Um, all of a sudden, I went from being, you know, very outgoing, rambunctious child, uh, you know, full of spark. I come here, I, to be honest, for me, I almost feel like the first, uh, uh, you know, uh, taste of depression that I had was as a child coming to America. Uh, I, I went from being completely lively to sullen and sanitary. And I, the TV became my medication almost. It was. I would watch TV endlessly. It would be like, I remember, uh, you laugh at these things now because, you know, that's kind of maybe it might even be a coping mechanism. Who knows? Because it's, so, it's such a, uh, it just kind of became uh, something almost like I experienced in a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I remember what, watching TV uh, with a gabi on in the summertime, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and watching TV endless amount of hours. And if it wasn't for TV, uh, then I'll be at the library reading books all the time. Um, and going to school for me was traumatic. Um, I was being teased all the time. And, you know, I, we were eating a very you know healthy food in Ethiopia. Come here, it's McDonald's, Oreo cookies, uh, you know, all kinds of junk food, junk food, you know. And and again, uh, you start uh, started self-medicating on TV and junk food. And within a span of a couple of months, I put on like 40, 50 pounds. I went from being thin as a rail to obese, you know, as, as an eight, nine-year-old. Um, so the teasing that came along with that, the bullying, and plus I came, and we arrived in America in, in 83, uh, in, you know, and that right when the family was beginning in Ethiopia. So just the bullying that I used to get, like, you know, Say, Dad, did you eat the whole country? Like, well, you're the only one, that, you know, like stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, and now I, I kind of, it, it just rolls off my back. But as a child, you know, yeah. um, going to school with uh, donated, you know, Salvation Army clothes and the tea thing that came along with that. So, you know, that made me even more withdrawn. Uh, so between the ages of eight, eight to like 13, 14, actually even like 15, 16, uh, it was it was hard uh, growing up in America. Um, I had a hard time understanding my peers. Uh, I was bullied a lot. <laughs> um, you know, uh, my 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 clothes was different. Of course, you know, you go to school smelling like shirt courts. <laughs> you know, yeah. Little, and you know, like I said back then, it was painful. But now it's just, I can laugh at it, right? Yeah. But it, it also it creates. Uh, it, it informs your your outlook. Uh, you know, it, it, it creates a level of distance within you, uh, and and a feeling of feeling lesser than. Um, so yeah, I, it, my up until I, uh, uh, junior year, it was hard. Let me tell you. I mean, we're gonna have a, a real <laughs> a real talk about this these, these things. So, um, I remember in ninth grade, uh, ninth grade, right? I I would uh, wouldn't. Lunchtime came. I would actually go to the bathroom um, to, because I did not want to sit by myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, the idea of being alone, I'd rather be alone in the bathroom stall do, doing lunch than being, you know, uh, sitting in a cafeteria. So I would skip lunch and I would just be in the bathroom. So that's how lonely I felt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until um, at a certain point uh, I started playing basketball. Uh, and I'm, one day I got I got jumped by like 12 kids. Uh, and they, it was like UFC back before UFC started, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that incident made me kind of, there was something that sparked on me. Like, that's enough. I've had enough. So I lost like 50, 60 pounds, got in shape. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, the, the, I don't know, I guess the ladies, I guess you would call out in high school, right? Mm-hmm. They started checking me out. And then next thing I know, life changed. Um, and through the acceptance of women, uh, I, I, I learned uh, to seek validation, which was not necessarily the right, the right lesson. It wasn't the right lesson, you know? I, I learned to live life outside it. Um, and, and then the more that woman, uh, you know, wanted me, then the dudes were like, oh, he, he must be a, a cool guy. You know? So I, I, I ended up kind of finally getting into the inner circles of which eluded me for such a long time, you know? Uh, but I always felt like an outsider, <laughs> uh, like these things could be taken away at any time. Uh, then I went to college, joined the fraternity. Um, so I, you know, at, at a certain point I, I started partying and, but it was almost like it wasn't the real me, you know, it was just this facade, this, this character that I created to, to fit in because mm-hmm. the real me loves to read books. The real me, uh, loves to talk about these type of things, but you can't talk about that as a guy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you can't talk, you know, you, you can't, in fact, I remember I used to be called a white boy because of the way that I spoke. So I, I intentionally dumb myself down in order to 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 fit in. Um, so you know, um, it's uh, it, it's been an evolution, if you call it that, uh, over the years in terms of uh, you know, see going further and further away from who I am in order to fit into what people expected me uh, of me in order to to be validated. Mm-hmm. And that that uh, that journey is finally you know breaking. Uh, you know, that, that part of me, because I realized the struggle all along was to find love within myself and to forgive myself for all the, 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 the things I've done to hurt myself and even people that I've hurt. Mm-hmm. And and when you do that, when you forgive yourself, then everything kind of starts, you know, coming to, uh, into, into place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are, you know, people who are going through exactly the same right now unfortunately, you know, um, and what would you say to them right now? If, if they're listening? Oh my, so you're not, I know it's going to sound very like, you know, for somebody that's going through hardship, uh, no amount of advice, uh, uh, will, 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 uh, will alleviate. Right. Uh, so I'm not here to present. And then I remember when I experienced my body depression, the last thing I wanted to hear was happy talk, you know, like the, uh, you know, count your, you know what I'm saying? Like the, these almost like fortune cookie type of advice. So I'm not here to do that. All I could tell you is that I've walked through it um, uh, and it, it's hard, uh, but there is a tomorrow. Uh, and yeah, I remember in 2014, uh, 2015, uh, I, I've had a lot of buffs in my life. <laughs> uh, I went through uh, two and a half years of homelessness and I thought my life was over. 
I didn't see any way out of it. And I thought this was permanent, but it's not, you know, uh, the same way that the night ends and the, uh, the, 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 the sun eventually appears, everything is a face, everything. Um, and so uh, my only advice, if you call it advice, is first, you're not alone. Uh, don't withdraw uh, when, when, when you feel overwhelmed by the world, because that is literally the devil whispering to you to be by yourself. The worst thing you can do, worst thing, I, I've, I, I could, this is a testimony, uh, is to be on your own. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, people that I think experience the deepest uh, depressions are, the, are like, the I call them empaths, people that are very attuned to the needs of other people. Uh, and so when they, you know, they have no, no problem helping other people, but God forbid they need help and and they need a, a shoulder to cry on, then they feel like a burden, but you're not a burden. Uh, the same way that you help other people, uh, you should also, uh, other people should also help you, you know? Um, you know, Jesus, you know, yes, who said, love your neighbor as you, uh, as yourself. So you had to love yourself as your, as your neighbor too, that the opposite is true. And so just, you know, be kind to yourself and, 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 you know, just make it the next day. And even if that means and, until, uh, it gets better, just the, the, the smallest incremental progress, you know, um, whether it's, you know, like when you get knocked down, it's hard to get out of bed, you know? Uh, and then the cycle starts of, of negative talk and rumination, and you just have to start breaking that pattern. And part of that could just be just celebrating the small successes. Like if, if you uh, could not get out of bed for two days, if you get up on the third day, just celebrate that. You know, even as something as seemingly minute as brushing your teeth, celebrate that. And then eventually that that same negative talk could, could kind of give way to affirming thoughts. And so, you know, your mind, it's, it's a sponge. You, if you, whatever you feed it, it becomes. Whatever you focus on, it becomes. Um, so if you focus on, uh, on, on, on the things that are, you know, horrible in your life, um, uh, you know, if you focus on how people betrayed you, oh, that, that's a pathway. So, you know, it's like that, 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 um, that circle, that almost like looks like the at sign where it just kind of goes within and it goes all the, it's like a spiral, you know, that, that spiral signal, um, is that way with, with, with how you think. So if you think, uh, you know, uh, thoughts of hopelessness and, and don't somehow short circuit that, uh, it's going to keep spiraling. And so, um, you know, it's, it's to be patient with yourself, to know that you're not alone, to, to not force yourself to be alone. And to, to, to break the pattern and just, and what, even if you don't feel it, to start affirming yourself because when, when you're going through that cycle of, 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 of extreme sadness and anguish, uh, the, the talk, the, the talk that you have with yourself, you would never have that talk with somebody. You would never treat your, uh, treat other people the way that you treat yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so treat yourself with kindness, you know, that, that, yeah. I guess that's the advice if you call it that. That's beautiful. Uh, it reminds me of, um, I read heard about this a long time ago and it stuck with me. It's, you know, it, as you think, you feel, you act. Um, that's really the way, you know, and it's so important to, to see how we're saying, what are our thoughts saying about us, right? About who we are, but also about the world. And um, 
that that thought process is really what triggers our feelings and and you know depending on how we feel is exactly how we act how we show ourselves in the world and if we get stuck in that negative you know um self-demeaning or just unworthy thought process then literally that's really what we will get because you know and then the world to me works um cause and effect right that's literally it and if that's what you're giving out eventually that's really what's going to come back Mm -hmm. and the only way to break that cycle is to change how how you think to change how you think about the world and to notice you know what are my opinions about life about the people around me and you know what is that bringing in my life um and you know you also shared this beautiful thing that you you can only save yourself. Uh, many people who you know uh, I have worked with, or just people I've uh, encountered who are suffering, or there's something going on in their life that is bringing them discomfort. Um, they wait. Do they wait for something to come? Right, something to to come change their life or someone? Um, you know, I. And that's really not how it works. <laughs> the only person who can save you is yourself. And the more you postpone that, and you know, the longer your your suffering will be. And um, we need to take back that that power that really belongs to to us. And um, that's how we change. And uh, one thing I want to. Uh, mentioned and you also one of the blogs you shared with me was the one you wrote about women Mm. and um i again very refreshing uh and so so happy to hear that from the masculine perspective so can you talk about what what you wrote on that on that article Sure. It was actually something that I while I was I was very at some point in my life I became very inspired. Um, you know, uh, if I could kind of do a quick pivot for a second about, about what you said earlier, um, you know, life will knock all of us to the ground and we have a choice at that moment to either be bitter or to be, uh, grateful. Uh, and I know it's hard to actually say grateful with X, Y, and Z did this to me, that happened to me, but I'm t- the, the worst thing you could do is to start being bitter. Uh, Cause I did that. Uh, when, when I became, when I lost everything in 2015, uh, I felt uh, everyone abandoned me. I felt a deep sense of, of, of being victimized, mm-hmm. uh, uh, feeling uh, betrayed. And for a, a year, a, a, almost a year, I, 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 I just wanted nothing but vindication. I wanted to just, it was wrath. That's what it was. Pure wrath. I wanted to be vindicated. Uh, and the more I did that, the further down the hole that I became, I went down and it wasn't by God's grace. I ended up going to this place called Harvest Farm in Colorado. Uh, it was like a, a farm where you stay on the farm for a year and a half. It's based on, on, on faith. Um, and you kind of just tune out the whole world, you know? Uh, and it was my time alone with myself. Um, and that's when I started this, the small acts of gratitude, you know? And at one point, we used to have to see a chaplain, like a church chaplain every week. And the chaplain gave me a notebook and a pen. He was like, I want you to start writing. And at first I was 
angry. I was like, what do you want me to write about? But I did. And I started writing. First day, I, wrote, I just wrote my name. Next day, I wrote a sentence. Uh, uh, two days later, I wrote a page. And then two weeks later, I wrote a book. Uh, and then that started my journey. And put one, one of the things that I actually wrote was uh, 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 like a, an article or a missive on Facebook initially called uh, Memo to See. Um, you know, I'm very, I grew up uh, with, uh, uh, you know, my, my mother played front and center in my life and, and two sisters. Um, so, and my dad worked all the time, all the time. I'm not saying this to in any way crit criticize him, but that, you know, he was largely absent in my life. Uh, I, you know, he was, he was so busy providing that he, the, 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 the presence was not there. So I, you know, for, there's a big part of me that, that has always been a, 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 a proponent of women. Uh, I used to call myself a feminist, in fact, even back in that day. Um, I saw things through the prism of, because, you know, I saw my mom hurting a lot. Uh, and I also saw, you know, uh, the, 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 I guess if you want to call it that, the injustices that she went through uh, because she was a woman. Uh, and also the, 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 the tribulations that my sisters went through. Uh, you know, the, the times where uh, dudes would, would be disrespectful. I felt that I need to protect, you know, even though I was the younger brother, I, I always felt like, don't talk to my sisters. You know what I'm saying? I, I, there was a, a level of 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 uh, responsibility that I felt towards my mom and my two sisters. Um, so because of that, I, I've always valued uh, womanhood. Um, so the, the article is called Man, Man, and She is basically saying, you know, this world is, is steadily uh, trying to condition and convince women to abandon their 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 feminine qualities. Uh, now, when I say these things, I don't mean that you can only have one. You know, and, and, and honestly, uh, men and women have the if you call it the feminine qualities, right? Uh, for me, what I refer to feminine qualities like love, nurturing, um, uh, compassion, deep empathy. Um, so this is not to say that women can't be. Uh, providers and and protectors. Uh, there's you know within all of us there's a duality. So when I identify with the, the the feminine quality, it's that it's the the idea that you're the source of life. Uh, you, you know within um, the the basic family structure of if a man is protecting the family, it's the woman that that provides the emotional support because a lot of times men are not necessarily maybe over time we could change this. But we're not really in tune with our emotional, uh, uh, you know, the, the emotional aspect of it. Uh, so it's, you know, when, when there's a crisis, a lot of times it's the women that kind of step up and, and, uh, and, and navigate. But we live in a time now where, where that sense of the feminine uh, qualities are being devalued. And, you know, in fact, when I read that, that uh, when I wrote that article at that time, I believe, was Steve Harvey's Think Like a Man. Uh, act like a man was really big at that time. And I was just like, I remember saying, why? Why do you have to emulate us? <laughs> if anything, we should be emulating you. Like, you know, like the, this idea that you need to be hyper-competitive, uh, hyper-aggressive, why? This is the, these are the traits that are killing humanity. What we need is hyper-compassion and, and hyper-kindness. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, 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 the nurturing aspect of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, when I talk about the the, the feminine uh, uh, trait or the the feminine uh, essence, is that is that it's the, the the knowledge 
that you bring life into this world. And it's, it's through the nurturing uh, and the raising and the, 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 you know, the, the, the compassion, all of that, that, that is the essential uh, to, to further life. And when we devalue that, when we, uh, you know, uh, when we instead, uh, you know, and this is, again, this is not to say that women cannot, like, for example, be athletes or be strong. You can do all that, but just don't forget about the, 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 the mm-hmm. other, the, the very important qualities of, of what, you know, what you wrote. That's why uh, when I saw it on Facebook, what you wrote the other day, I was like, wow, this is, this is dope because this is not something that uh, is being discussed too often these days. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's why I see it. And that's what I'm, the, the article was about. It was just about, you know, ensuring that we celebrate these traits and, and don't see them as weakness. They're not a weakness. Without yeah. these traits, there is no life. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest misconception about masculine feminine is, you know, those who identify as men uh, have masculine energy and that's it. And then those who identify as female have the feminine. Um, but that's that's not really true. Uh, you know, we each have the masculine and feminine right. within us. It's just that for, for, for the male perspective, the the masculine side dominates or female, the feminine dominates usually. And uh, it's not to say this w- works for everybody because we're all very different, but in the larger scope, that's what it is. And the world we live in right now has uh, really targeted women into losing most of much of their feminine qualities. And, uh, you know, just the way we work, just the way we live our life is um, really in the masculine way. And what that's doing is draining ourselves, draining our energies and, um, you know, taking us into the cycle of mental illness, you know, depression or even, you know, uh, physical illnesses. So... It's causing women a lot of pain, um, but also, you know, there's this um, there's this view of the the masculine being um, almost not compassionate at all, and uh, there's this negative kind of um, association with the masculine energy now in the world, right. um, which I feel is really not serving us, you know. And with the pain that women go through, um, be in relationships or just in life in general, uh, it's it's seen as if um, men are becoming toxic. You know, there's this toxic masculine energy everywhere, and it's I don't I don't like that very much. And I think we need to talk about. Actually, no. The masculine energy is beautiful, you know. Um, right, right. Not not all men are toxic. Not uh, everybody has that difficult masculine energy, um, right. and it has. I feel like it has done a lot of disservice to men. So, um, yeah. I like to hear what your opinion is about that how do you know how has how do you think that has affected men uh, this toxic uh, 
energy that, you know, the masculine mm-hmm. toxic energy that women usually talk about. So, you know, uh, as a person of faith, right, I kind of sometimes, I, I, I view things sometimes with a, a lot through the, the lens of spiritual, spirituality, right? Um, so um, for me, the way I kind of understand it is very simple. Um, if God created certain things, the devil creates uh, is, is intent on in, inverting it. Um, so, well, you know, uh, God, like you said, well, you don't say this part, but uh, women have by, you know, not all the time, right? There's always, you know, there's exceptions to everything. But for the most part, women default to the feminine trait, but they have the, the ability to, to, to also be the, you know, the masculine trait as well and vice versa. But it's almost like the women are being conditioned or c- can convince to abandon that and to take on the masculine trait. And then men are being conditioned to abandon their masculine trait in order to, to, to accept the more feminine trait. And it's like, it's creating the reverse polarity. Um, and there's an agenda behind this. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's really a disservice to families when, for example, uh, you know, if, if there's somebody that comes into your house, uh, I like to think that the man will get up and try to protect his family. That's what masculinity is for. Like, that's part of what I consider masculinity, right? It's not toxic when uh, someone uh, is, is protective or providing for their family. Uh, but it's almost like everything's being lumped in and they take one extreme element and then say, that's the, that's what masculinity, that's what toxic masculinity is about, you know? And it's the same thing with, 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 with women, uh, where, where they take one element and then they say, this is what, you know, why, this is why you need to become uh, more masculine. And it's, again, it's almost reverse, reverse engineering creation, uh, for a purpose. Um, and, you know, well, like I said, for a long time, I viewed this world through the, the prism of what was being done to women. What I didn't realize, and I see, I realize it now, is there's, there's both, both sides of the equation, there's a, a war that's being declared on humanity, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, and what, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, uh, she's a producer out in, in uh, you know, uh, in uh, L.A., she said, there's a, a war on black men. And I, I didn't really uh, understand too much at that moment uh, because again, I was looking at everything through the prism of women, right? I was like, well, what what, what do we have to complain about? So the women have all the issues, like not issues, but you know, all the, mm-hmm. the struggles and, and all the, uh, the, the, the disadvantages. Uh, but, you know, uh, life, life's twists and turns. Um, you know, I kind of, now I'm at, I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm understanding that there's also... Uh, the the struggles that men go through, and the, the hardships and the, the obstacles that are being put in front of men. Uh, like for example, there's a lot of ways the society disincentivizes fatherhood. It's almost like they want fathers to to abandon their children, and when fathers are not fully present, that adds even more of a burden to their mothers. Uh, so now you, um, the mother has to be both a mom and a dad mm-hmm. has to be both a provider and a nurturer. So you, you weaken the man, you weaken the, the, the woman, you weaken the whole family and it destroys everything. And so now, uh, you know, boys who grow up not having a role model to emulate at least a positive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they end up emulating whatever, if the father was absent, they'll, they'll emulate the absence, uh, the, the absence as well. Mm-hmm. And then women without a father being present have deep uh, psychological pain with that too. 
So, you know, what we need to uh, understand is that there's a value, uh, equal value to a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both are essential. Uh, and, and, and there's an equal value to the feminine trait and the masculine trait. Uh, and and we're, we're not understanding that concept uh, because the, the, the conversation that we're having these days is all about what's being done to me, not what's being done to us, right? right? The, yeah. the idea that there's a collective whole has disappeared. Uh, and everyone is in the grievance tribal, tri- the, the, the grievance tribe. Uh, so you have these tribes based on ethnicity, on color, on, on ideology, on gender, on orientation. And all of us are being con- conditioned and convinced to just look at uh, the pains through our, through our lens, not the collectiveness. But the truth of the matter is humanity writ large there's being, there's really is a war <laughs> and it's, it's about humanity. Um, and there's a very few that prosper while the rest of us are being pillaged. And so one of the things that for me, uh, you know, uh, without going into the full detail of things, uh, you know, th- there's been, uh, um, a shift in my thinking, even recently, uh, you know, my father, like I said, was never around when, when I was at home, he, he would work six, 14, 16 hours a day. Um, and I, I, um, I, idealized, I, I idealized that. I made him into a hero, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, let me just say this, a quick plug. Uh, therapy is a beautiful thing. Because <laughs> it was through uh, talking to my therapist that I actually discovered this part of it. So one day I would always talk about my dad in, in, in a hero way. Like he was Superman or, uh, or, you know, Batman. Like he was just this, this Greek mythology. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, this, uh, this conquering hero that was providing and sacrificing everything. But then when I would talk about my mom, I would always talk about her like she was a Greek, a tragedy, you know, uh, about the, 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 the depression that she was, uh, uh, battling her whole life. And that really impacted me. But what I never understood, I always thought my biggest pain was my mom, but of equal pain now that I realized it is my the absence of my dad. Um, and the, the, the hole that it left, um, and like, you know, recently because of my own, uh, circumstances, I was able to look back in life and realize, wow, I remember all of a sudden I just came flooding back in Ethiopia. Um, my, my dad would always you know, fly, you know, he was, he used to work at Ethiopian Airlines, So he would fly out and they would come back. And every time I heard him, he would come, uh, he was coming back. I would wait by the gate anxiously, the, like the whole day for my dad to come home. Um, and I couldn't wait. Like this idea of being separated from my dad was deeply injurious to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot about that, <laughs> you know, uh, or even like in, in America, uh, I remember, uh, I was, I tried out for the baseball team and all the other fathers came, um, and he wasn't there. And I'm not saying that to me as a resentment because I know, you know, it's not like he was partying or womanizing. He was well, working for us to provide, but still, mm-hmm. I think sometimes uh, we we as parents are so intent on giving our children everything, we forgive that we forget to give them us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to be honest, yeah, I wish we lived in an efficiency and had more time with my dad. And I think my dad, um, he he realized it too at the very end. You know, my, he passed me in two thousand one, and I, you know, I remember on his deathbed he apologized to me, and I was like, what? Why are you? I don't. I didn't get it. I told her. I said, "Your your your presence 
uh, your presence, our presence was all the present that I needed. But I didn't understand it. And to be honest, yeah, I, I made poetry out of something that was painful because he wasn't really present. Mm-hmm. But I turned him into a, a hero in order to, and I remember the, the, the uh, therapist said to me once, he goes, you know, sometimes when people of authority hurt us, we, we, we turn them into a mythical heroes, you know? Um, and again, it's not like he hurt me intentionally, but, you know, for a child, we can't separate intentional hurt from part from uh, unintentional. Um, and so, you know, if you're a parent listening to this, spend time with your kids. Uh, the, 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 the absence of one or the other or both is deeply traumatic, deeply. And children, uh, we, we, we end up growing up to be adults and we normalize the abnormal. Uh, and as, as it becomes a lifetime of working to actually unravel the pains that, that are so embedded in us that it's just almost become second nature. And we, we don't know it until, you know, in God's grace, um, I think life is long for a reason. Uh, there's plenty of pains that come along. You know, I talked about uh, what happened in 2014, uh, 2015, for two and a half years I was homeless. I mean, I, I, without going into the details, the challenges I'm going through now, make the pains of 2015 seem like a cakewalk. Uh, but yet uh, I'm comforted by this one knowledge that uh, the, the struggles that we go through in life, they actually edify us. And it's like fire burning away all the impurities. Mm-hmm. And each time we overcome, each time we, we go through the, the, the inferno and come out on the other end, we actually become stronger for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the, the actual beauty of, if you call it that, I know it's ironic to say this, but the beauty of going through a, a depression or going through this soul-searching uh, anguish, when you emerge on the other side, uh, life has meaning that you would never have found had you not gone through those moments. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you pick up your cross and, you know, and count your blessings in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. Um, let's talk about like the remasculating world. Um, to me, you know, men were not really given the the space, maybe uh, acceptance to you know share their feelings out. Like uh, I mentioned earlier, women have always done that, and society has accepted that. And it's like you know we have the permission to to share. Uh, but then um, I noticed even this day um, where even fathers tell their boys not to not to cry or not to show emotions you know oh you know you're a man you don't you know you don't show you don't cry or and uh, it seems like the message that men have been given is to to show emotions to be vulnerable and open is a sign of weakness and yeah um I feel like that has hurt a lot of men and um, it, you know, we, and then later on we expect them to, to be open and vulnerable for us. And then when, when they don't now, again, we blame them and then mm. um, it's, it's like a vicious cycle. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that and um how how men can start opening up? What are what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's I don't want to say call it criminal because that might be a little too hyperbolic, 
But it's almost criminal what we do to boys. Uh, we tell them not to, to cry, not to express their emotions. When they get older, we tell them, hey, go out there and sow, uh, sow your uh, oats. Uh, we, we encourage them to objectify women, right? And, and sometimes in subtle ways and other times in very, uh, you know, uh, completely transparent ways. Um, so everything about us teaches us to, to stuff everything inside, to, uh, to chase the flesh, uh, uh, without addressing the, 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 the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, and this has, these things have uh, horrific ramifications because first, uh, things that are stuffed inside explode outside mm -hmm. eventually. And they come out in ways you cannot control um, if you don't deal with them the, the properly. Uh, the, the, you know, the, I think one of the things that, um, a lot of times boys are not really taught is that like the, the whole idea of emotional regulation to, to go through, to feel your, your, your sorrows, to, to, to express it, to talk about it. Um, and then to then go through, going through the manning process. And that's something that women, I, I, I often say that I wish men do this. Uh, women go through breakup, man, y'all just get together, watch the movies together, drink wine, or, you know, it's just, there, there's almost like a, a crisis hotline that y'all pick up with your friends and then everyone comes over and there's, you know, at least that's where I see them on my, maybe, maybe yeah. I've seen yeah, one too many right. sex. Absolutely, <laughs> that's exactly. I might've seen one too many sex in the city movies and something like that, but that's what I imagine. And I, it is though, for the most part, you know, there, there, there is a level of, of shared uh, journey. Yeah, I mean, we, we pick up the phone and we call our, you know, friends and we're not being, at least most of us, you know, yeah. we're talking about it all the time. Right. But my, not, so I, I tried that one time with one of my boys. I broke up with my, my ex-fiance from back in the day and I called him. I said, hey, I was like, what's that, dog? I, I'm not feeling too well. He goes, what's wrong? He goes, I was like, man, just, you know, you know, I don't even know how to uh, talk about it. He was like, uh, come on, you still thinking about her? Let's go out to a club, <laughs> you know, that, Let's get you some, you know, of course, what do you do? You're not going to. So, and even with my dad, I remember one time, my dad, we used to just, you know, old school dad, like a military guy, you know? Uh, and so he saw me like all kind of being all sad because, you know, I had broken up with, he goes, like he was saying it like, <laughs> I'm there you. This idea of like talking to me and say, Hey son, I know it's like, let me tell you about what I went through when I was your age. You know, I wish he did that. You know, uh, mm -hmm. there was somebody that I, you know what I'm saying? I guess is it, but it is what it is, right? You can't, you can't live life in, in, in hindsight, but you know, what, 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 what was, what typified my life is, 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 is exactly the, the true of most men, right? So the two things is we stuff everything inside. Uh, and these things uh, either come out in, in one or two ways, uh, hurting self, whether it's alcoholism, uh, you know, womanizing, uh, addictions. Uh, so, you know, lashing inside or lashing outside, you know, uh, domestic violence. These mm -hmm. things are all, you know, uh, 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 you know, indications of men that are not equipped to, to actually address what was hurting them. And when you can't, you know, even with kids, I watch when kids uh, are not able to talk yet and they get frustrated because they, they, they're they not being understood. They get angry and they have temper tantrums. Well, mm -hmm. emotions are that way. If we can't express our emotions, we end up having temper tantrums, you know, 
And those immature terms lead, lead to either self-hurt or hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it, even like this idea, hey, go out there and sow your oats and, and, and you know, the, be with, you know, live life fully. Well, you know, energy. <laughs> uh, intimacy is energy. Uh, and uh, who you're with, uh, you pick up on the energies. Well, just pro- proximity. If you hang around people, people long enough, you pick up on the energies. So then, when when it comes to intimacy, that type of intimacy, I think you know what you're talking. What I'm talking about, absolutely. That you pick up on a lot of energy overload. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and what happens a lot of times is that you know men are like you know back in the day you go out to a club and you do all kinds of stuff, but you know. People that are, are are willing to kind of partake in dangerous activities are, uh, are not necessarily in the best uh, condition themselves. So that's the energy that you're taking home with you, you know? Um, so there's ramifications uh, over time uh, of, of not expressing yourself and expressing it by by seeking, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the gratification of the, of the flesh it has deep impacts. And so... Going forward, I hope that we we start normalizing, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the fact that boys and girls could 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 actually be expressive, uh, mm-hmm. to to be able to open up and to talk about what's hurting them, um, because in a lot of ways, even women like with, with this advent of this new thinking that women have to be like men, even a lot of women are kind of abandoning this idea of of talking about what's hurting them and instead are seeking the very same things that are you know, incapacitating us. Trust me, that life is not good for us. It's not good for women either. So it's just, I think that's the better ways to actually do what y'all do, not for y'all to come up to our side when it comes to emotional uh, expression and, 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 and talking it out is for us to learn from y'all. So that, that's just my thought on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I think, like you said, you know, it, we're hurting each other, you know, and, uh I think women need to really have more respect to to the feminine and to their womb energy, right? We are, again, the, uh, the ones who bring in life into this world. And that by itself is such an honor, such, such a beauty. And um, when we, you know, when we are taught to live in this very masculine-driven lifestyle that we're living in right now um, that's what happens women also start associating and expressing emotions as weaknesses right there's this um, even our parents are teaching us to be uh, out of love of course to be independent and not to Mm. uh, you know seek anything from a man and uh, although there's a lot uh, you know they're meaning well with that uh, it's also depriving us from appreciating men and uh, nurturing that masculine energy uh, because again that's that's who we are right that's that's our gift to to this world um, so I I would like to hear from you know I normally don't have men on my podcast uh, and I would like to hear from a man's perspective how can women nurture that masculine energy more? How can, how do you think that women can, you know, assist men into 
uh, being more open about their emotions and show, you know, not being afraid to show vulnerability. Uh, because I see this again in relationships uh, where um, men struggle because the, the, the feminine doesn't really know how to hold space. Or what, what, do, what are they really seeking for? Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. So I guess first and foremost, uh, I, I would not put on, on women to raise a man, right? <laughs> so it's not your job to uh, to to um, to somehow fix us, but there is a role that we both play with it within each other, right? That the, the essence of a relationship is to um, to fi- uh, to to kind of alleviate the weaknesses and accentuate. Uh, the, this. So in other words, if, if a man and woman are, are together, there's certain strength that a man, the man has inherent in a man or inherent to that man and vice versa, the woman has, right? The, the idea is to create synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so within that, if, if you know, there, there's certain things that are red lines, non-negotiable, right? Uh, like abuse is non-negotiable, right? Uh, uh, cheating to me is non-negotiable. Uh, so these are not weaknesses. These are our character flaws, and you should not subject yourself to that. Uh, so if you find yourself in a relationship where there's abuse or or cheating, um, extract yourself from that. Uh, outside of that, then the question becomes: Okay, if this man, or uh, for example, is is a provider, if he's there, if if he uh, loves you, love is essential, right? If he loves you and there's not a, a any type of uh, of sense of uh, abuse or or betrayal going on, then we have to understand that all of us come into this world. We're not coming to this world. We we come into this world a clean slate. But over time, we all pick up baggages. So all of us uh, are going through a healing journey um, and understanding that uh, no man is perfect. And no woman is perfect, and to, so we need to have a level of grace. Uh, and so, if 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 a man uh, is is going to say, okay, within this relationship, I'm going to be the provider. Uh, I'm going to make sure that uh, you know I I, I uh, you know I, I work all the time so that uh, you're able to nurture the family. For example, if that's the division of labor, uh, then understand that there's going to be the, the, you know, consulting language here, the Delta or the, 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 the missing components. Mm-hmm. And so w- what is that Delta? That Delta could be, well, he's not emotionally expressive. Um, uh, there, there just might be some areas of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that related to the fact that that man <clears throat> doesn't necessarily know how, how to operate in your language. We don't know, Mm. That the operating our operating system is different than yours. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. our operating system does not come with listening. For example, it does not come. I mean, we do, but you know what I'm saying. Like this, this we sometimes we expect of ourselves from the other person, but we're two different people on two different journeys and two different paths. And and when we collide, we had to give grace to each other as much as possible. Given that we 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 at least. You know, again, don't do the betrayal and the, mm-hmm. the, the abuse, right? Outside of that, if the love is there, and if the dedication is there, is there, if the respect is there, then if the man is, has a weakness when it comes to emotional availability, okay, well, instead of berating him, because that does nothing, instead of 
uh, you know, talking about what he's not doing, help him in that area because he's, and then in the same token, the man of the, in the areas that if the, if the woman, for example, might, might not be as, um, you know, as good with certain areas, you know, if, if, I don't know. I can't think of, of a, mm-hmm. a certain area. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's to, uh, to fit in, uh, into the areas and, and alleviate or, or, uh, offer a path forward. Uh, and this is not this responsibility of women because you should be in a relationship. Both should learn from one another. Uh, but we just have different, uh, lessons that we draw mm-hmm. and these lessons that we draw. I think, you know, for me, God puts people together that are opposites for a reason. Uh, so that we, we could actually learn from one another and heal from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, if you end up with someone that's exactly like you, it never is a boring relationship, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. so a lot of times you'll find that, that, that the man might, might be, uh, deficient in areas of, uh, uh, you know, emotional availability or, or just paying attention or, or listening without trying to give recommendation. Like our mind says, if there's a problem, this, this is how you fix it. Right. A lot of times women are, are saying, just hear me out. I don't want your damn answer. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if you understand that our brain has been not, no, I don't even think it's wired differently. It's just been conditioned differently. Mm-hmm. Then give each other maximum grace to, 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 to learn and to, to grow as you go, uh, as you go. Right. And so for women, it's, it's to, uh, if the man is not, again, it's not abuse or, or betrayal. It's if he's not as emotionally available as, as you want him to be, you know, teach him about walking, walk with that person, walk with him. So, you know, so, uh, not by judging, not by berating, belittling, because that does nothing but drive a man away. That that puts up even more of a barrier. There's nothing that comes good from uh, lecturing people or berating them. Uh, that that just puts people at defensive corners, um, and and there's no communication. When people have their their you know they're guarding themselves, they're not in the mode to accept anything. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, when people become going to their protective mode is because they've dealt with that abuse in their, in their past. Um, and they get triggered by, uh, certain things that are said, uh, certain, uh, reactions. So, you know, it's, it's incumbent on both sides, uh, to, to, to give grace as much as possible. And, and if, especially on, I I guess when it comes to women, because y'all are better at, at, at this in a lot of ways in terms of, of emotional, uh, fortitude, Mm-hmm. Uh, draw on that as much as possible. Uh, and, and, you know, again, you, you uh, teach in life, not by lecturing or, or belittling, but by walking with that person. And so, you know, walk on the journey together. And the, the same is true of men and, and, and the, the issues that we might find to be uh, missing or to, to, to be lacking, or instead of complaining or seeking that with another woman, stay and fix it. And so that's, I guess that's his advice. It's yeah. what's good for the goose and it's good for the good for the gander and vice versa. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's to take that next step into understanding, right? Um, and to to know that yeah, as easily as it comes to us women to open up and share, um, the men are not the same. They're, they're different. And in fact, uh, most men like to... Uh, whenever they feel uh, a challenge or um, you know they're not feeling so well, they like to, and you know, take their own time before uh, 
and they share things uh, generally and to honor that and to you know to to give and hold space for that um i i think that's that's beautiful and uh one thing i want to quickly mention is uh, you know what you said about in relationships um we need to maintain that polarity you know if if the women come in and um you know, try to be masculine, then masculine, masculine doesn't really, you know, that's going to be repelling. So, which is, which makes it even more important for uh, women to honor that feminine energy and men to honor their masculine. Um, So this, this was so beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, there's a lot um, that people will, gain and um have insight on from everything that you shared and again thank you for being so open and and, um taking it a step further and you know being representing uh people and uh, i think that's that's really beautiful um how um how can people reach you if um if anybody listening would like to contact you or anything Sure. Uh, so of course, you know, when you run for office, there's always a website. <laughs> so it's, you can find out, just go to uh, www and then dot uh, F as in uh, Frank, I-K-R-E, right? uh, the number four, VA.com. Uh, I'm on, you know, like Twitter, it's uh, uh, Teddy and then underscore Fikray, F-I-K-R-E. Uh, on Instagram, it's Teddy dot F-I-K-R-E, but really across all the social media platforms, it's uh, Fikre, uh number four VA. And as you know, Fikre Namarik, it means uh, my love. So mm-hmm. that's how we overcome in this world. Uh, we could emulate evil and only breed more evil, or we could actually invert it. If you actually look at the, the word evil and, and flip it inside out, it's love. <laughs> like love inverted is evil, right? With an O. But then if you flip that, it becomes love. And so the only way that we can overcome evil in this world and the only way we could drive out darkness in this world is to actually return to what gave us life, which is love. Um, so, and that to me, I think that's the duality uh, of, of both men and women. Uh, we have both, with, uh, we have one source within us, which is love. And from that comes the feminine and the masculine trait and, and to, to really embrace the, the love, which is the the combination of the two, the 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 singularity of both is is love, and so that's where you can reach me uh, at figure number four va dot com, and also like I said on social media as well. So Adi, thank you. It was a actually, you know, if you don't mind, there's something that it just came to me. I want to read it real fast. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's this. Uh, th- there's a guy named Khalil Gibran, uh, and he wrote a book called. Uh, uh, the prophet. And so it's, there's just a, a quick excerpt. It says, love one another, but na- but make not a, a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. Fill each other's cup, but drink not from one cup. Give one another your uh, bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing and dance together and be uh, joyous, but le- let each of you be alone. Even as the strings of a lute are alone, though they quiver with the same music. Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping. For only the hand of life contains your hearts. And stand together, you're not too near together. For the pillars of the temple stand apart. 
and the oak tree and the uh, uh, cypress grow not in each other's shadow. So it's just, I am really moved by that every time I read it. Uh, sometimes we, uh, we make the mistake of being lost with one another. Don't. We, we're on a separate journey. We decide to be together. Uh, then, you know, continue that journey of togetherness apart as well. You know, don't don't lose yourself in the process. And so I guess for me, that's the closing thought. So thank you, Adi. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. If this podcast, if this episode has made sense to you, if you like it, go ahead and share it. Tag me on it on Instagram, um, whatever that, you know, you feel called to. That will help. Leave me a review. That also helps. And I am so grateful for you. Love you, beautiful souls. Until next time, stay divine.